0: Good morning. It's uh, it's been quite a while since I did podcasts, but I'm trying to do a lot more, a lot more podcasting and a lot more journaling, just to sort of um, be able to narrate to myself what's going on with me. Which I do more in the journal, which is a lot of the mundane things in life are really not that interesting. Um, so I really haven't been doing it for a while. I've been moving and relocating and working. And um, uh, to be able to express ideas, uh, it's it's actually a lot of labor and it's very, um, it can be very exhausting, even though it can be fulfilling ultimately. Um, so I haven't been posting very much or writing very much, which I hope to do more. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to, check in with everyone. I hope everyone's okay. Um, The pandemic is still going on. I hope everyone's safe, Um, despite what you think about it. uh, I hope you're at least being mindful of the safety and health of others. My parents are both in their 70s now. So even if I, you know, I'm 40, I'm not like 18 or anything, but uh, you have this sense when you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s that, you know, nothing can take you down, but you have to think about other people who may be more vulnerable to things like the flu or, you know, uh, viruses. So I hope people are thinking about that. And also I hope people, you know, everyone has this thing about wearing masks. It's really annoying. I have to wear it when I go to the gym, but also uh, don't abuse workers who have to enforce policies their job is already hard enough, and um, they're not getting paid enough, and it's a really insult to um, abuse them and make their lives harder and cause them more stress. Uh, So just think about that um, when you're out and about in public while these uh, policies are coming up. Anyways, something I want to talk to today, it won't be very long, but... It's just something I wanted to say about contactees, and I'll explain a little bit of what that is uh, later. Um, I know there's just a large preponderance of discourse and podcasts about politics, um, and, and and I'm not minimizing people that do it. There's a lot of good ones out there, but I actually think politics is like a zero-sum game. Um, or, or maybe what, what I'm trying to say is that it's it's mathematical in, in the first place. And largely it doesn't really have anything to do with the management of people or things like humanism. Uh, and when you hear the discourse, we talk about it as if government is set up to do that when actually it's a corporation. It, it seems more, it has corporate interests. And I think our founding fathers actually did have ideas about humanism and altruism especially, um, as well as the order that was needed to make that come about. But I don't think it it, it is that way any longer. Um, So in that sense, I don't find it useful talking about, I don't find politics useful in talking about social issues because I think social issues are actually spiritual issues for lack of a better term. if it does deal with management, if politics does deal with management, it's more about the economics of power. And I don't know about anyone else, but I feel sort of alienated from that sphere because I don't really have any real power in that sphere. And I know we're all affected by our leaders, but if you think about it, in what ways are they actually affecting you? I would say now it's more pressing because people's lives are actually being affected by those decisions in terms of socialism and uh, economic recovery and that those sort of things but um I don't think I'm really affected by you know some grifter losing an election or you know and a politician fucking up their career it's just like those are elite issues and um so that's why I really don't Talk about politics um, very much. Um, I, I do like what's happening now, or I, I guess I have this impression that people seem to be more aware of the the obvious falseness and the veneer of you know sanctimony of the politicians these days, and not just now. I think I was talk I was talking to a friend, and uh, and it's something my father said as well, but. The public confidence in our government, at least, started uh, um, when um, Nixon um, was implicated in the Watergate trials and eventually resigned. But growing up now, it's hard to think of a time when people never trusted their their government. You know, when Kennedy was in office, uh, it was a big deal to find out that the president, you know, was like boinking like whatever actress or whatever, because it appears that people had this faith in their government, faith in their media, you know, when Walter Cronkite and Dan Rather, Bernard Shaw and Christiane Amanpour were reporting. And now we have the 24 news cycle. And um, I think that people are a little bit more aware of um, how should I say it They're they're a little more aware of what to expect of these these politicians and you can basically determine people's agendas or you can determine the trends by following the money you know um, for example are you can you can determine it by following people's intentions you know, like everyone thinks they're a political philosopher because they, you know, they had to read The Prince by uh, uh, Niccolò Machiavelli. Um, and um, I'm not sure about this because I haven't really studied it extensively, but I actually think Machiavelli, when he was writing The Prince, because, you know, he was a diplomat, uh, he was an insider, Um we kind of read it today as it's as satire but i think actually when he wrote it it was actually sort of a manual which is kind of bizarre not not bizarre but it's kind of insidious almost it's like these are the instructions you need to control masses of people and manipulate them um for the benefit of your your control so i just want you to think about that if you're reading that or if you're you know throwing out quotes that it was actually a manual um or, or at least that i think it is that was uh, that's my impression um anyway and what i wanted to talk about today was um this idea of the, um, sometimes they call it the extraterrestrial hypothesis or you know the existence of extraterrestrials um, and you've probably heard about alien abductees and, you know, they have all the, the jokes about probing and that sort of thing, which by the way, it's just not funny. Not in the sense that someone's offended, but it's, you know, it's just a bad bit, you know, they can't all be good, but it's kind of like, it's just, it's kind of annoying, you know, uh, the probe jokes. It's like a dad joke. So anyway, you've heard of alien abductees Um more recently, a lot of people are using the term experiencer, and I think it's because the term abductee is a negative term, and a lot of people that have, that have positive feelings are ultimately positive feelings about the experience of being taken. They don't want to be associated with that negative experience, so they'll use the word experiencers, and I know it seems kind of vague, But it's a way of, uh, I guess, a way of opening that term up to a lot of ranges of experiences than simply being taken against your will and experimented on. It seems very mechanical, clinical, and uh, and invasive, which is what it is. Um, I've even heard of some people describing that experience as being raped. so yeah um but early on in the history at least in this country of uh, extraterrestrial contact it was more of uh, meeting and um, the relay of messages and the contacting movement it goes back as far as because in this country is the 40s and 50s with people like um George Adamski and um, Eugenio Cerugosa. Um, later on, maybe in the '60s, with the one of the most famous abductions in the states with Betty and Barney Hill, it became more about the sort of collection and using humans as specimens, um, based on this idea that Eisenhower signed a contract with some group of extraterrestrials in exchange for um, technology which uh, which even if that happened um, my big question is is um, how can any human have the power to give anyone permission to take other human beings uh, which i find that no one really wants no one really discusses that part they just You know, the subject of extraterrestrials usually comes down when people talk about it in uh, terms of veridicality, Um, that is, whether something's true or not, and then you have the sort of collection of material evidence. So after that, people just take their sides, and there's really no discussion. So I wanted to talk about contactees, because I have friends who are contactees, or friends who have encounters that are abductions. And... um, One of the things I was very interested in, especially with people that write books where they talk just about the messages that have been, relate to them, I read them for consistency uh, because I'm really interested. And I'm very interested in how they think, because I think that's one of the most important things. Um, There's this quote by Ingo Swan, who's considered the the found one, well not the founder, the father, or the maybe the grandfather of this uh, method called remote sensing. And if you're interested in that sort of uh, this this sort of psychic espionage or psychic work that's been done in a lot of intelligence communities, you should take a look at the Freedom of Information Act files that have been declassified by the CIA, especially the Stargate project. It's really amazing. Uh, So when you have like 60 years out of your life, um, take a look at it. It's really interesting. A lot of the ideas for the movie called The Matrix comes from the files, um, the Stargate files. Ingalls Swan, there was this quote, and I think it's in his book called Penetration. Um, I know that's a vivid title. Um, It says, if power is to be held in the hands of a few, then the rest must be somehow depowered. And the way to do that is to confine their perception systems to smaller orders. And I was thinking about this because I was talking to um, a friend of mine who gets messages randomly sometimes. And also she has the access to be able to ask questions. And she always receives answers but they never answer in the way that she thinks that they will. And to me, I find this frustrating because, um, at least on the human sphere, I find that being enigmatic is a way of trying to mysticize, um, trying to mysticize something that's mundane. And that to me is a defense mechanism for dealing with something you don't understand so you mysticize it or this is this is a power move and this is to block people from getting information Um, and this has been done with religious programs for example um you know you can't ask god why you have to behave this way you just have to accept that he told you to do that right so the mysticism surrounding it isn't really mysterious. It's just a way of keeping, um, you know, keep sort of keeping the peasant at bay, right? Um, but one thing I've noticed from reading books and from talking to people, and, and I, I always encourage people to, I don't know, it's kind of a balancing act, For me, I read because it's a stabilizing force for me, and also because there's a lot of things I don't have a knowledge in, and there's people that do. And I don't think we should um, be too distrustful to the point where we aren't listening or at least reading other people's ideas. Because there's a lot of experts out there, and there's a lot of people who are more experienced than I am, and I accept that, Um, but I think you should never replace your intuition with uh, you know, book learning. And I forgot where that scripture is, but this idea of ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of truth. Reading is good for information, but you also have to pay attention to your, your intuition. But also, the catch here is that you have to know what your intentions are, and you have to be aware of that. Uh, otherwise you can't even trust your intuition because you don't know if your intuition is based and i'll put intuition in quotes there is based on something you're familiar with or something that's the truth right because um everyone has certain beliefs i guess and i can go around and i can find the information that'll confirm what i believe in i don't think that gets me any closer to the truth though um, and the thing the thing I wanted to, I wanted to point out is that from reading the books that I've read and talking to people, that any question that you ask, the answer doesn't ever seem to be direct, but the answer always seems to be about it gives a preface and it goes into depth about your perception of what's happening and And my impression about that is that the way that they think, whoever they is, um, the central theme in how they think and and what they want to share with us is that you have to change your system of perception. And they usually go into this really broad, very technical idea about the way time and space works in the universe and um and, and i think that's the key to a lot of the struggles we deal with here on earth that they don't seem to, to in, in my perception they don't seem to take seriously but maybe it, it's because in their um in their perception that's not really the thing that we need to be focused on. Um, For me, I have this bizarre idea that I need to get rid of time. And again, I don't really know what that means, but I think it's all about changing perceptions. And I'm trying to get a sense of what that means um, through meditation and also by, I don't know, Trying to think about things in a different way, you know how to have an alien mind. So again, for me that means something different. For you, it may may mean something else. But um, I, I want to sort of find out what that is. What is that perception that we need to use in order to uh, level up, so to speak? Um, I've also heard this phrase as a, as above, so below. And I'm wondering what humans need to do in order for us to uh, to advance in our thinking. Um, I'm not telling you to go quit your job, and you know, not to pay attention to things on Earth, but it It almost seems like in order for us to um, in order for us to be uh, effective, we have to be somewhere in between, like we need anchors, but we also need to uh, move out and explore because we are an explorer race. Uh, so, i guess it's sort of a negotiating what your anchors are and what are the areas in your life where you need to um expand or branch out and that's what i'm trying to do now and i hope everyone tries that you know uh, and people are at different stages in their life sometimes you may not be ready for that um but you could start about thinking about new ideas about something you're familiar with or you can start by trying different things um looking at different perspectives um as far as the universal space time thing uh, for me that's uh that's still something i'm trying to come to terms with because i think humans are timed creations um because we have this idea about infinity, but we have the idea of the concept. But I think we can always go back to, for example, for like a, a manufacturer date, like if you need to reset your not a reboot, uh, I forgot what the word is, Oh, when you go back to the um, how a product was when you got it from the manufacturer, usually with computers. There's always um, a date where something begins. And I think we have in our collective unconscious a beginning, um, but that implies that we're finite, that before that we, that's the point at which we can start from. And I want to get to the point where I can expand out of that and thinking in terms of linear, linear things. I don't know how that will affect me in, my waking life uh, and in my work life and the sort of mundane things you have to do to survive in uh, this capitalistic matrix. So again, I'm not saying that you should just throw all that away. Obviously, um, there's some practical concerns there. But just have that as one of your anchors. Uh, So that's my advice. And I'm learning with you. Um, but it's just something I wanted to say and get off my get off my mind. Okay, so uh, I'm going to sign off in Albuquerque at 12.43. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to do another one soon, and I'll have a more clear idea. All right, uh, thanks for listening. Um, I'll see you guys later.